We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick. Joining me today, my partners, as always, Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are we hanging in there? Are we doing okay, everybody handling uh, handling things the last 24 hours okay? Nobody's on, like, suicide watch, right? No, I think I think we're doing pretty good. Um, I know you guys were away from work today, so that helps, especially for you, Dan, and I guess Janelle, too, not getting harassed by middle schoolers or Viking fans, but... Um, I, I would say I've done fairly well. Um, I think Dan and I were talking before, but like my girlfriend a few times has said, you're handling this really, really well. And I, f- I feel like that's a mature thing that I've, I've done at 29 years young, like being able to handle <laughs> my football team losing in an NC championship game. So that's good. But, um, Janelle, how, how are things, how are things been for you? Yeah. Kind of just, uh, between last night all the way through today, a lot of laying on my couch, just thinking about everything that could have gone differently really going through my seven stages of grief so it's I get mad I get sad I get hopeful I get happy because I'm like well this was a really good year and then I get mad again because it's like well we played them already we probably could have got this one and it's just like I'm like fighting with myself like we should be happy and then I'm like but we can't be satisfied so like at war with myself right now trying to deal with my emotions it's like going through a bad breakup every time the Packers lose like this. So I'll eventually get over it and then they'll break my heart again. So it'll all be okay. 
Yeah. The, Michael Scott, I am 100% ready to be heard again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It took, it took a lot of me not to, like I had to mute and, uh, and, and unfollow a couple of really uh, big things on, on Twitter and, and Facebook last night. Cause I was like, I'm just going to get myself in trouble. I'm just going to get angry. <laughs> like nothing, nothing good is going to come out of out of any of this. I'll wait to I'll wait to air my grievances here with you guys. I think I did um, see that Dan on Twitter. Some you had said you turned on something different, and someone was just like at your at, throat in your mentions. I'm like, <laughs> dang, that's I. Well, at halftime, at halftime, I turned uh, I turned off the game. I did not watch the second half. Wow. Um, because well you know i'll go to i'll go to the sentencing but i don't need to see the execution um (laughs) nothing nothing was going to change in that second half uh for me so yeah i turned it off um i got a there was a an extra piece of chocolate cake that was left over from uh the weekend and i turned on oliver and company on disney plus and would (laughs) recommend it 10 out of 10. And then my dog came and cuddled with me. So it just, it was perfect. She loved all the fun dogs on the screen. Uh, if you haven't watched Oliver and company, go get Disney plus five ninety nine a month and check it out. I think it's one of the hidden gems in the Disney plus library. Is Disney um, plus a new sponsor of the pack a day podcast or is you pursuing that? Or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, this is hey, Let's go. Iger get the checkbook out. Um, no, let's. Uh, but I mean, you know, there was just it was it was a lot of emotions, and we we kind of talked on uh, off air about this. You know, just the expectations that we had for this season were were varied, but they weren't what we got this year. Uh, you know, we I don't think anyone really expected to to get to this point, but still to to lose the way that they did really sucked, and you know, it, it was. What I, you know, what I wanted out of this, and I, I told my dad this, I really wanted this just to shut everybody the hell up because I was so sick of hearing the most overrated 13 and 3 team. I was so sick of hearing all of this stuff. And it's like, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. But, but what we got out of this season was so much more than what happened on Sunday, you know? Like, like, th- like, this was the start of a rebuild season. Like, most rebuild teams are the 49ers going 2-14 and 14 last year. We went 13-3 and three and were a game away from the Super Bowl. That's our rebuild, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice not having, like, like, a gap year. It's kind of like, well, last year really sucked, and the year before really sucked. So turn it around now, and then it's kind of like if this is our rebuilding year at 13 and 3 in the regular season, getting a bye week, winning a division game at home and being two wins away from hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy, it's like okay, not too much to be upset about, but get yeah, I I don't like being called the worst like the worst 13 and 3 team or I I have Skip muted on Twitter, but I had to I had to comment when he called us frauds. I was like, okay, like you're a Cowboys fan, maybe just tone it down a little bit, but it's kind of just like, this is a really impressive year. There's not too much to hang our heads on, and this game just kind of exposed what they really need to focus on in the off season. and other than that, it's like, I'm pretty proud of how this season worked out. Aside from four games, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, I, even the... 
biggest homer packer, you know, season ticket holder through decades and decades and generations. I think the the ceiling was met for expectations getting to the NFC Championship game. Uh, generally, you talk about winning a divisional game. I mean, you you beat a team that has been your kryptonite for a few well, about a decade and was extremely hot going into the playoffs. Um, and you had to go up against Russell Wilson and you know stop the comeback. Really, what they were trying to put together. So uh, I went back and looked when the Vegas um, odds came out for the NFL season for wins. Packers were slotted in at nine through two different um, casinos. So, I mean, you beat Vegas by four, four wins. That's, that's significant. And like you guys said, just most teams don't have this success going into the first year, first regime of a new coach. Uh, and they added pieces on that defense, you know, added a few new linemen, uh, starters that are, you know, rookies had no NFL playing experience. I, th- I went back and looked from 2008. I think there was 18 coaches, not including this year, that had made um, the playoffs in their first year, which that was way more than I thought. But uh, that's still, again, something to be proud of. There's only about two, you know, two teams a year on average, a little bit less that make that. So, um, well, and yeah, you're talking but, about yeah. like the Homer love, like James Jones, when he said we'd go 13 and three, everyone oh, yeah. like laughed at him. They're like, you're just saying this because you're an ex Packer, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like, yeah, he's a homer, but at least he was right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing with that, and the thing with the schedule is, everyone beforehand, like you said, was calling for an eight and eight season, a nine and seven season, six, you know, six and ten style season, and then you go thirteen and three, and everyone's response is you're overrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- <laughs> well, if if you were if you were calling for seven wins, then almost doubling that doesn't really seem overrated, does it? It kind no. of sounds like we just blew you, the expectations off the door right away. Mm-hmm. And you know, a season like this, and this this is what really honestly pissed me off the most was watching on Twitter. There were Bears fans all over the place talking about how we've wasted another season, how we've done this, this, and this, and the Packers are so incompetent. Meanwhile, while this team is building a franchise around Mitchell Trubisky, um, <laughs> but but they would kill. There There is at least 20 teams, you could say right now, that would kill to have their floor of a season be 13-3 and three and an NFC championship berth. Or a, cha- or a conference championship berth, a, a, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. That is all any team is dying for, is the chance to play and represent the conference in the Super Bowl. And this is, this is, this is what Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur have put together, is that this team has the talent and the ability to go out and do this and... Yeah, they they were kind of put in their place that they weren't exactly there, but I mean to have a rebuild like this go so smoothly in the very first year is is a fantastic way to start off Lafleur's regime. Well, and you talk about Bears fans. It's like I think they forgot that article about Mitch Trubisky dethroning Rodgers because mm-hmm. now they finished third in the division, so it's kind of like. That's kind of like one of those old takes exposed, like, well, that didn't really happen, but better luck next time. And yeah, it's like, I, this is not a waste of a year. Like, I don't, I, it's, it's just absurd, the stuff you'll read. And it's kind of why I try and stay off Twitter around these times. Cause 
all the fans of teams that want to see the Packers fail kind of crawl out and they try and find anything to push your buttons. But it's kind of like we played a 49ers team who hasn't really been relevant since Kaepernick. And right. they've been using all these picks and getting Bosa because Garoppolo tore his ACL. So they had a really bad year last year. So they get a top pick. Like we have not picked top 10 in who knows how long, like since I can remember, I can't remember the last time, probably early 2000, but it's Mm -hmm. like, we're trying to rebuild while still picking like almost middle of the draft as our lowest pick. So it's kind of like, we are trying to rebuild while not being able to pick high in the draft and just chase free agency, chase coaches who like rookie coaches. So it's, all this stuff, but the 49ers have had so long to really chase these players in the draft and really build. So it's their rebuilding is obviously done. They've accomplished their rebuild and they're going to the Super Bowl. So for us to be able to compete with a team like that, yeah, outcome not where we wanted to be, but you have to look at how long it's taken them to get to the point where we are, like their rebuild versus our rebuild. So that's that's a positive takeaway for me. For sure, for sure. Janelle, you mentioned, um, you know, just looking after this game, like what kind of exposed a little bit more of the, the needs of the Packers playing the Niners. And Dan had mentioned, um, you know, sort of the trials and tribulations of recording a podcast in our first five minutes of recording our first episode. <laughs> uh, just just comparing and looking at, um, you know, what you learned from week 12 to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Dan, why don't you start just talking about, you know, that defensive side of the ball and, how you're feeling about things that way uh the defensive side i think i i mentioned this to to my dad in our post-mortem rant last night um i i think this i think the defense is what needs to be focused on the absolute most in the in this season i think if it if it comes down to coaching then it comes down to coaching um i don't have i don't have the real in-depth knowledge of really being able to diagnose exactly what it is. I think that there's probably a couple positions that need to be fixed the most. I'm looking at you defensive line. Um, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's, if it is all on Petten, but yeah, overall, I mean, with this defense to come out, to come out and play like they did, uh, not, to, not, not to play like they did, but to get beat like they did, it really showed you that they are not on, the same level as a Super Bowl caliber defense yet. Yeah. And I think and I think that comes down to talent, honestly. Like people yeah. halfway through the year were saying, you know, oh Mike Petton's one of the last coaches left on the McCarthy regime. Like it he's, you know, basically playing for his job at this point. But I mean a lot of that you, you talk about week twelve of this year, they I mean they gave up 111 yards, which isn't a ton, but they gave up what, two eighty five on Sunday and then referencing back uh, from the 2018 season, week six, they gave up 174 to the uh, C.J. Beathard-led San Francisco 49ers. So uh, three times you've seen them clip the century mark and then go over you know, 170 yards twice and not be able to stop the ball. And it's not like this is an isolated incident against one you know, very physical uh, offensive line, which the Niners have. This has happened throughout the season. I reference back many times to the Redskins game this year where Adrian Peterson <laughs> is running the ball, you know, eight out of nine times on a drive when Dwayne Haskins 
ankle, he can barely move. I mean, he can, you know, darn well, if he's dropping back to pass, like you should have him on the ground because he's not going to be able to step up and just not being able to make those adjustments and then having the players. I mean, I think D line is my number one thing. I think Dean Lowry's great. Uh, Tyler Lancaster fits in a spot when necessary, but some of these other guys that they've drafted have to step up, whether it be Kinsley, whether it be Montrevious Adams, uh, someone has to be the bash brother with Kenny Clark on that front three. And that's, that's where I start because you were getting gashed up the middle. Um, I was watching people's Snapchats today showing replays of the game. And like there, there, there was like one of my dad's friends, like, or one of my friend's dad's like in the background of a replay, just be like, you could have drove a car through there. And like, yeah, that, that hole is huge. I mean, they were just getting gashed. There was no stopping Mostert, which it's weird to think that Raheem Mostert's setting records in playoff games and Packers are helping him do that. But that's that's kind of what I look to at this point. So, Janelle, you, you had mentioned a few things that you thought they needed to fix. Yeah, to, I think, yeah. like, defensively, just kind of without going into stats, because I'm sure someone later this week will break down uh, more statistically what happened, but – you look and both times they've played the 49ers, they've allowed 37 points. So you're kind of like, okay, well, did they really get worse? But this 37 points was so much uglier than the first 37 points. And you're talking about there's big holes. And then like, I know my dad and I were talking, we were kind of just watching stuff this morning, which I don't know why we would torture ourselves like that. But (laughs) just watching like, we're, we have five guys getting stopped by their four because we all just get sucked into the middle and they just run the outside, run the perimeter, like constantly. It was like, I don't know how they couldn't figure it out. It was all they were doing. Like they had like three different plays they were running the entire game and we just could not figure it out. And it was just so frustrating when it's like, they're, they just keep doing it and we can't figure out a way to change it. And it sounded like uh, the Smiths kind of called out uh, coaching and it kind of sounded like LaFleur is a little upset with coaching too. So you kind of wonder why at halftime the offense came out and they made the changes they needed to, but defense never really took the step to show like, okay, well, we're going to change it up. We're going to try at least make an effort here to change something to try and stop them. But when you let a guy, one single guy run for over 200 yards and four touchdowns, it's it it's painful, I guess is the only word I can think. And I don't know what was more painful for me, watching the defense let Mostert run circles around us or watching the offense shoot themselves in the foot. Because when you like when your defense is struggling and then your offense is beating themselves, it really makes for a complete disaster of a game. So that's what's frustrating to me is thinking they could have been in this had not everybody on the team except for Mason Crosby fall apart like jk scott's 20 yard punts and turning snap and just everything that first half that could have gone wrong went wrong and i think that's more frustrating for me to watch because it's like well if we would have played like we normally can play this would have been a lot closer game but when you're like your mental game isn't there and then everything around is just going wrong it's like uh uh it's it's painful. Painful is the only word I can think of when I think of that game. And then mm-hmm. they give you a little bit of hope, and then it's right back to pain. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, you know, like you're saying, you know, 
hats on hats. Uh, you're looking, they're blocking mm-hmm. our five guys with four. And it's because we're out of position. That comes down to coaching. That comes down to gap control, whether you're a cornerback or a nickelback or a linebacker filling a hole. There was a ton of replays, ton of even real time, you know, game time where I'm watching it and like, they're just taking yourself out of a play, a defender. I mean, you're running into a pile and it's not like you're trying to push a guy back. Like you're running into, you know, a gap or you're, you're avoiding a gap by running into a block. And it was, they were running essentially just halfback power from left to right, having a lead block with a fullback and having, you know, uh, as ESPN calls them, Greg Kittle block. And that was really it. It wasn't complicated. Like they didn't do anything crazy. Um, people that I was watching the game with, they're like, well, you know, stack the box, stack the box. And I was initially like, before they scored 27 points, I'm like, you can't really do that. They're going to go over the top with you and hit you with you know, Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And uh, at some point you do have to make an adjustment and kind of sell out on what they're doing well. And that never happened through 60 minutes of play. So that was, that's extremely frustrating to see from Mike Pettin's let off or defense. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. And I think it's switching to the offense, like kind of what Janelle said, uh, you can't make those mistakes early on like that and shoot yourself in the foot and expect to win against a team like this. And again, I think it still comes back to coaching, even without those, without those mistakes. Um, you know, th- this offense didn't seem like it, it knew what it wanted to, what it wanted to do. It was, it was trying to go up there and play as if you were as good of a 13 and three team as the 49ers were. And you're not the 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 records might be the same, but you're not. And I think we all knew that going into the game that talent wise and you know athleticism, athletic wise, you're not the same team. And they played like as if they were on the same level, which really kind of that really bugged me about the way that this was kind of prepared. And I think it, I honestly, I think it showed, I think it showed in the players, um, you know, on the field. I will, I won't say that they they gave up or they quit. I don't think that's right at all, but I think you could kind of see it in the players that the positions they were being put in and the scheme that they were trying to work, they knew wasn't going to work. And so when they were getting beat on it, I I think it really came through and that that's that, that really sucked to watch. Um, Because I think that if you played this correctly, this team had the ability and has the players to go in and make noise and, and compete against this 49ers team if you do it the right way and you play the right game. I think they came to try and, and beat them at and beat them straight up and you couldn't do that and that showed you exactly why right there. What was everyone's reaction on that double reverse lateral to Rodgers? What'd you guys say? What were you, what were you uh, thinking at that point? Pointing that it only went for like five yards. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, big play!" And then it's like a five-yard gain. And I was like, "Well, that was a lot of work for nothing." Yeah, it was. Like it was cool. Uh, it was something different, but I just wish it would have like been executed for more to kind of get some kind of fire going. And it's like you're trying to run this really cool play and it doesn't really go for much. So you don't really get that amped feeling like, wow, we just ran this really cool play. It's just kind of a lot of work that Aaron Jones could have just done in like three seconds. Right. I didn't see the play, Oh yeah, of course um, Dan wouldn't see it. <laughs> but I will say 
that I think Oliver and Company is a great take <laughs> on uh, Reaganomics and late stage capitalism in our present day and used some great vocal work by Billy Joel and Bette Midler. Uh, and I really wish we could have seen Oliver and Company too. Um, but uh, <laughs> kind of transitioning to 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 that you know, a, a play that was kind of fun and exciting at least you know from in uh, you know and what was what what else was going on in the offense um in the season overall what was your guys's brightest moment what what was your favorite takeaway it could be a favorite play uh, a favorite game a favorite moment like looking back on this season like what do you what are you going to take away most from this and and think fondly about i think I, I it's it has to be for I would think for most fans I know just right off my top of the head is the Smith brothers and just not only their play on the field um, but their personalities in the locker room um, how they were interacting with the media and I don't think it can go overlooked how much pressure that took off of Matt Lafleur as a first year head coach and Aaron Rodgers just you know dealing with the media you know sometimes some of his uh, audio will get misconstrued or even especially between him and Lafleur we saw in the offseason so those two I mean everything they added to the team um, that you didn't see on tape that you didn't see on the press conference just this behind the scenes stuff that I know impacted that team greatly so that would that would be mine and that was the first thing that came to my head too I was like the Smith brothers they made like Aaron Rodgers talks about how this year was fun again. And they just really emphasize that their character in the locker room, especially really like their gameplay, they're, they're solid players. I love what they do on the field. I love what they bring, but the personality that they carry into the locker room and into the public and with this community, it just, it gives you a whole different vibe than we've had the last two years. Like these last two years have to put it bluntly, they've sucked. So when you get these new guys coming in and they love it here and they want to be here and they like, they want to build something here. Like when I think about this year, I'm going to be like, wow, I really wish we could have had guys like this sooner. Like not only guys who can be playmakers and they're out there like battling each other for the most sacks on the year and like all this crazy stuff they do on the field, but just the way that they make it fun to watch them, like watching their press conferences, the way they interact with one another, the friendship they've created with themselves and kind of just being a really good grounding point for the team. And like you said, taking a lot of pressure off of someone like Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. And as first year guys on this team, it's almost like they've been here forever. Like they're the veterans that people are looking up to. And that's, that's really crucial to get out of free agency is getting those veteran players that people can look up to in the locker room and learn from and interact with. So yeah, they, they're definitely the highlight of this year without a doubt for me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you guys as well. This, the Smith brothers overall is, is the answer, but I think it's also kind of like what you guys touched on. It's what the Smith brothers represent to this organization they represent the new core of this team before it was Aaron Rodgers and you know the offense that was set up around him the core of this team is now on the defensive side of the ball it's the Smith brothers it's Kenny Clark it's Jair Alexander it's Savage it's Amos it's Kevin King uh who 
I would like to give a shout out to, I thought had an excellent first half of the game, at least the stuff that I watched. <laughs> do you the, have a Kevin the, King jersey, Dan? I do not have a Kevin you King jersey. One. That I, I can't because if I wore it around my family, they'd kill me because I'm the only Kevin King apologist in my family. Okay. And right. I, I don't know if I could show my face. Um, no, I, I, I just thought I, – I honestly thought like he he had plays today like yeah. that in that game. You know, they, it was very clear they were not t- targeting Jair Alexander's side or his man. And Kevin King, for the most part, came up with a couple of really big plays – when he was called on. Um, but you know, that whole, that whole group right there, that's your core now. Um, you know, outside of Kenny Clark and, and Blake Martinez, the, the, the entire defense is basically locked down moving forward. And, you know, you expect Kenny Clark to, to get some kind of massive deal in the off season and, and it's up in the air with Martinez, but overall your core moving forward, that's what you're going to build around now. And you've got that unlock. And, you know, it also represents Billy Turner coming in. It was it was just this new the new wave of this new era of Packers is is started. And it's the face of Zadarius and Preston Smith. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. If it's it's got to be the the Smith Brothers year, 2019, 2020 is the year of the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a favorite? What about like just a favorite game, though? What, what was your favorite game out of the season? Mm. I mean, I'll go first because mine would definitely have to be uh, the Seahawks game just because I was able to go. Thank you, Andy, for the tickets. Getting to go to Lambeau with my dad and watch the Packers beat the Seahawks, get the monkey off their back with that one. It was just like there's no place like Lambeau, truly. And win or lose, like luckily I've never watched them lose at Lambeau, so I should probably try and get to more games next year. But <laughs> uh, it was just like getting to go to Lambeau and watching the snowfall after the win and getting to watch like all like you're talking about the new wave of guys, like getting to actually watch them in person and just see what they're doing and the stuff you maybe don't always see on TV and like the personality on the sideline, just getting to watch that like this new era of Packer football in person in a divisional game. And also like, Russell Wilson, ex-Badger, like, Wisconsin kid, like, it's fun to watch him, especially when he doesn't beat us, so it was just, it was a great game, and, like, the last five minutes, I was really shaken, because I was cold, and I was nervous, and I was like, wow, I can't even watch this game, but it was just an incredible feeling, like, anytime I go to Lambeau, it's a, it's my favorite day, so that would definitely be my favorite game of the year. Yeah, my, the one game I went to was the, uh, was that Thursday night? the Philly game and they lost mm-hmm. so that was their first loss so that definitely wasn't my favorite game especially just the frustrations that occurred on offense and stagnant but I'm looking through the schedule like nothing really pops out at me I would say the two I would say week one because it was like a grinded out 10-3 game it was super ugly but at the end you know the Packers you know, sealed the game and it was a, it's a close game you don't really see a lot of Packer games in a 10-3 win um, so that was cool especially I, I think for me personally I think a lot of us probably of the Packer Day podcast thought the Bears defense um, would have really disrupted the Packers a little bit more. I know it's not, they got 10 points only, but they were able to move the ball pretty well um, once both teams started, you know, stopped trading punts. And then um, beating the Cowboys is always great. I mean, if I really, you know, you know, push come to shove anytime you beat the Cowboys or uh, um, especially outside a divisional opponent like that, uh, I think that's huge for me. So 
that would be my two if I had to pick. But there was nothing really that stuck out significantly to me. I wish there was. I, I would say for me, I, I think the first one has to be the Vikings game, the home opener, because, uh, you know, for my family, that's a that's basically a national holiday for us. Uh, you know, being from out of state, that's usually the one Packer game we get to go to a year. Um, it's a big production um and you know it always means a lot to to be there for it and it was the first time i actually got to watch the packers play the vikings in person um i've seen them beat every other uh divisional team and that was the first time i got to see the vikings uh lose in lambo which was pretty nice um i i think the most fun for me though if, if it's not that one um it would be the Raiders game because I think that was our that was our first glimpse into what uh, what Matt Lafleur wants to do with this offense and when things are really going to work for this team um, and they get the players to be able to match up with guys like on the Forty ers um, and you could probably say the Saints too. Uh, th- that's going to be fun to watch when they when they can kind of put it all together and get the guys in there that they they want to make this work. Uh, so. If it's not the Vikings game, I'd say the Raiders one uh, would be my would be my top. Um, well, as you kind of wrap it up, guys, is there anything else um, you want to get off your chest? You want to say, uh, you know, like this airing of grievances is your chance to do it. I mean, I guess uh, yeah, like I was go really ahead. disappointed the Titans didn't win because I didn't want yeah. to have to cheer for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and now I kind of have to, and. I feel like I have this this weird dislike for Patrick Mahomes just because people compare Rodgers to Mahomes, even though it should be the other way around because Rodgers is the veteran. So I think I just have this kind of like unwarranted hate for Patrick Mahomes just because of the way the media portrays him compared to Aaron Rodgers. So I really would have rather had to cheer for Tannehill, but I guess I'll have to cheer for the Chiefs now because I there is no way in heck that I'm cheering for the 49ers. So I'm sure there'll be, you'll see my Twitter, you'll see my, my grievances, <laughs> kind of my roller coaster of emotion. Uh, you can tell when I see something and I should probably do what you do, Dan, and just step away from Twitter so that I don't like get reported or something. But <laughs> sometimes I just see something and it's like, okay, well, maybe this is the one where I get reported, but I don't know. I'm just, now I got to start the countdown to next year, but I guess my dad was saying, he's like, it could be worse. We could be the Ravens who were supposed to win the Super Bowl and then lose in the first first game yeah. in the playoffs. So we could be worse off right now. So I don't know. Always my could be worse. running amok for a while here, but it could be worse, I guess, is going to be my motto. That's a decent motto. I like that. <laughs> I, for, for me, like, there's the. I'm kind of looking at the, the grieving as like a long-term issue. Uh, like this year was awesome, but I do see the, you know, this is this realistically, you have to look at it that it is another year that Aaron Rodgers will be older. Um, you have to understand that it's been fun. It's been a great ride with him, but having one Super Bowl appearance is, I mean, that's underwhelming to say the least. Um, that's I hate your realistic takes, Matt. They make me I'm so sorry. sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it does make me sad. It makes me sad to say it, but like you, you have to realize that at, at a drop of a hat, uh, it, it, it could be a lot worse, you know, just to put it into your, your words. Like it could, uh-huh. you're kind of but, turning um, my quote into something that's making me feel worse. 
<laughs> but I think it's that I wanted there, you to take. <laughs> but just really, I mean, I think this did revitalize Aaron Rodgers. Like he's had a lot more fun this year. I think Emil Fleur will. I think this is just added to his expiration date, whenever that may be, decades from now. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the off season. I think there's a lot of really, really great talent in the NFL draft, which I know. The Pack a Day podcast team loves to dive into, and then in free agency, I don't think there's as many holes as there's been in the past, especially last year. I know, I mean, I don't think as a collective we could narrow it down to maybe five positions. I think it was we were all across the board, so um, that'll be fun. That'll uh, let everyone be able to dial in more on um, specific players, even get into the numbers game, see who should um, be worth that certain amount, or even just you know knowing what you're going to be able to maybe end up with as value picks you know, towards the back end of the draft, but. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite times of the year, but it also is sad because there's only one team that can win the Super Bowl. And um, my prediction right now is I told my dad yesterday or Sunday afternoon that I don't think a team like the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Uh, you have to be able to run the ball really well, I think. Um, you have to play exceptional defense. I thought they were the fourth best defense left in the championship round. So as hot as Patrick Mahomes has been, um, I do see the Niners defense giving him some fits and yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Niners, even though it kind of hurts, but I would love to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl. He's, he is a yeah. true legend. So, um, did you see how he yeah. celebrated last night? Was it a burger and fries or something like that? Yeah. He like went home, ate a cheeseburger and I was like, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. We're like, I wouldn't expect anything less from Andy I'm just like, I'm going to celebrate with this cheeseburger right here. Andy Reid is living our best life. That yes. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my takeaway from the season, uh, th- it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. It was it was really fun to see what the future holds for this team. Like I was kind of saying, you know, this is the new era of the Packers. Like this is a new coaching staff. They've got the core locked down. Like moving forward, this is going to be you know a a completely different um a completely different team, but. Also, like kind of what Matt said too, I, I think we saw th- we kind of can look at this as this is the point that Rodgers is no longer one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Um, not to say that he's not a still a great quarterback, or not to say that he can't keep playing at a really high level for several more years down the line, God willing. Um, but you know, for me, uh, Matt, you, I think you and I are the same age. Um, when Brett Favre kind of ended his career with us, mm-hmm. I I really didn't appreciate what I was kind of watching at the time, yeah. Because I really didn't kind of have that deep knowledge of the game and kind of appreciation for what I, what I was watching. And you just kind of saw it as like, all right, Brett Favre, you know, Brett Favre moved on. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like this is, you know, essentially I'm kind of growing up as a true blood football fan as Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. And this is the first time we can kind of look and see that, uh, you know, Superman is human. And so it was kind of tough. It's kind of tough to watch that this year um, and, and have to live with that realization that, you know, the window really is closing like you know Mm -hmm. we keep talking about it but you saw the signs like the window is closing now um i mean there's a quality quality breeze coming coming in but it's you know you might turn the ac on at some point right (laughs) i think like instead because these last few years for a while now it's been 
what can Aaron Rodgers do? And he's finally getting the help he needs where everything doesn't have to fall on him. And I think that's what's going to help in the years to come as he hopefully continues to play, getting people around him so it doesn't always have to be the Aaron Rodgers show, Having especially getting Aaron Jones. That's huge, getting him really up there in the rising star. And if we can get maybe one more good receiver, like building that team around him to take the pressure off of him is what's going to what you called his expiration date, keep that extended. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Um, Make sure that you stick with us, guys, because it's the off-season now. And this is when the Pack-A-Day podcast gets really, really good. Uh, We've got the draft going to be coming up soon, off-season, free agency, everything. Like, this is this is when the stars of the Pack and Day podcast really come out to shine. Uh, so hope you stick with us throughout the rest of this off season and heading into the draft and and preseason right around the corner. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Pack and Day Podcast. You can follow myself on there as well, Dan Kotnick at DK All the Way. Guys, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore Janelle. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? You can find me at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. I do have one more question, guys. Is is Rob Lowe trying out to be an NFL official <laughs> or is he just a completely neutral football fan? Oh, my God. That was probably one of the fun. Like, I needed that little glimpse of happiness throughout that game yesterday, just watching him in the stands. <laughs> great face. He literally looked like a lost ref. Like I yeah. should be out there right Super now. <laughs> and and the fact that it was he was only there, only there because of that terrible show that he's going to be on <laughs> on Fox. And that was the only reason, obviously, that they had you know, everyone that every network does it. But yeah, just yeah. Uh, it was like when Homer Simpson has like the little flag that just says sports on it. Like <laughs> like there there was just it was just like, Yay, I'm at a I'm at a sport game. Like here yeah. I am. Pay me my check. Me to be here and be on TV for like a second. Yeah. There's probably like some assistant there that's like, and we're clear. All right. He takes the hat off and like goes, goes home. See you later. (laughs) Well, my dad was like, for all we know, that was like pre-recorded. Like not, he's not even there. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's all CGI. Yep. Let's just pretend that he's here and just show him for a quick second. So you can make a really good meme. (laughs) and become relevant enough to be popular for this show. Good advertisement. That's some some galaxy brain. That's a galaxy brain take. I like it from dad. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Um, Well, cool guys. uh, Thanks again. Again, not how it, how we wanted it to end. We wanted to be talking about, I I wanted to be talking about the hangover that I had from last night, not the, not this kind of hangover. Um, But you know, it was, it's been a fun ride this whole season. There's much more to come, as we said, uh, in the offseason and everything else. So stick with us. And uh, as always, win, lose, or draw, it's Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Go Chiefs.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.